Hello, and you're listening to Let's Drone Out. And special thank you to our lovely patrons that helped donate so that we could pay the editor to remove the swear words and silly things we say. Massive thank you to... Carlos Campos. Art Faulkner. Sam Dharma. Mikey Dread. On with the show. Let's Drone Out. Good evening and welcome to Let's Drone Out, episode 322. Uh, Jack's not amazingly well at the moment, even by his standards. But tonight we are joined by Curry Kitten. Hello. Steven. Hello. I'm Angie slash Frank. Get well, Jack. That's that's asking way too much of him. Too much pressure. (laughs) Get slightly better. Yeah. yeah. Stay out of A and E. Good luck, mate. Yeah. So, uh, what have we all been up to? Has anyone been flying this week? Curry put his hand up. No, I, I went twice. Ooh. With an attempt today, which didn't go so well. So, um, we were just talking about this before before stream. I ended up accidentally reviewing something and then publishing a video, although frankly not public, for a, a, something that doesn't exist yet. But I'm not under an NDA, so which is this. This is called the Beta FPV Light Radio 3, as I found out. Not the Light Radio 2 with the ELRS <laughs> module, which I thought it was, and thus had some links to it. Uh, I went out to test that with my um, my Quiller frame, which was uh, the light frame from uh, STP and Rush FPV, which I'm putting some merchandise on. There it is. And I managed to get a fail-safe from this. That was exciting. So I took it out on my Mambo with the Namimno module in, which has like a proper antenna. And um, I don't know if you guys have seen the video, but sometimes I fly from this sort of thin corridor of trees, Mm -hmm. and then I have to fly out on the trees and get really lined up, else the video signal gets lost. So I managed to get a kilometre... You should have a word with Out. them, mate. Get, get them to trim it in a straight line. Yeah, that would be helpful. I got a kilometre yeah. with the Namimno module before it started getting a bit hazy on the video, but we were at full signal on the um, ELRS, so came on back, landed, flew this guy up, and we got to about 800 metres following the same direction, and then ELRS, which you occasionally see sort of flicker down to like 96, 92, suddenly said 80, and I was like, whoa, I haven't seen it that low before. And then it said 40... This is the LQ. And then it started flashing. I was like, that that can't be good. So I turned around and it said RX loss. So wow. I was like, that's really not good because I'm out <laughs> over trees. And I've got an untested um, rescue mode. I did actually put failsafe to rescue mode because I thought, well, if it does go bad, I don't want it just to fall out of the sky. But instead of doing anything, it just sat there for about two seconds. And I wiggled the controls and it was like ultimate lag so i do this and a second later i sort of see the quad do this it's like is it coming and it's like we had lag and then eventually it got back and that was so it's a good toy radio but still fundamentally a toy radio then it is a toy radio so today i attempted to fly some more 
And this time, BFPV sent me a bunch of stuff. These were the old... This is the Meteor 65. This is the... Uh, this looks like an 85. 85 mil, Pro right? something. These were the old versions. They mm. had the... The old SPI now, oh, no, receivers. I saw the announcement on that. They said, this is the 85 Pro, now also called the Meteor 85. Yeah, they changed that. It's got that. two names. But I, I had the old ones, so they had the DA SPI receivers, which would get you on a good day about 100 feet, as long as you didn't fly behind yourself. 1.5 kilometres. <laughs> I've seen it. It's written down. 1.5 kilometres. On the moon. Work. No one else near you. But this one... Uh, this this was so great. Here's a good reason not to have um, push-in props on anything this big. It's like, I went to take off, this prop and this prop, and launched off the, off the quad feature. and did their own thing. It's like, mm. it's got a little bit little bit loose. So I don't, I don't trust tension props. So I couldn't fly that one at all, yeah. which is a shame because it actually has an antenna there. So I was quite confident about the range. This little one, these, these are flight controllers I'm testing with the inbuilt um, SPI ELRS. This one's got a little ceramic antenna, and this did okay. But by the time I got to 200 meters, it was flashing that it was on 3.5 volts battery. So I think the batteries are knackered. <laughs> so I had to turn around and come back again. So, so I used it wasn't to... the most successful flying experience for me this week. Mm. I had one I, video I that I can't publish. Oh, sorry. And <clears> then, <throat> then no real footage from these quads. I was going to say, he used to suffer a lot from the props detaching like, like you had there. And prior to Bardwell publishing his don't put Loctite on your props, I, d I discovered the problem with that as well after trying to Loctite props onto the windmill shafts and dissolving my prop hubs. That was all fun. <laughs> but I ended up using dabs of that welder glue just to, to keep them on there snug. Because after you've, you've knocked a few props off those windmill shafts, I think they just, you either have to put fresh props on and just throw away good props even if they're not damaged because they loosen up too much around the hub or you've got to like glue them on yeah yeah it was only funny because of course i i take off with the goggles on all the time so it's like let's go and it sort of tips off and i was like oh, i'm a bit rusty here at whoops pick it up put it back does the same thing pick it up i'm like hang on where are two props gone and then i had to have a nice wander around in the grass <laughs> long grass looking for tiny two inch bits of blue because i didn't have any spare props with me again so that was fun how do those things fly? It's been ages since I've flown a ducted quad. Badly. Badly. <laughs> I don't. I think whenever you put a duct on a quad, it it takes something away from it. So this this one, although it's got twenty two thousand kV motors, it just felt underpowered and underwhelming, and the camera's not very good. So it's very very wide and it sort of distorts so you get this weird warping effect as you go around mm. not that i could fly it for more than a minute on each battery because all the batteries are completely knackered but yeah i didn't i didn't like it i didn't like it i didn't like flying it i mean i wanted to really rip around the trees i had a bit of an open session to check the range and i wanted to sort of let's go around the trees because even when you're not flying fast that can be quite good fun but because mm -hmm. it was like 50 seconds of battery and it's like 15 seconds i've got the low battery burning its image in my right. goggles it was it was less fun. Yeah. Oh, Rich you've got the plug-in motors, and you've got kind of the lame one S batteries. And I've I've always been a bit down on one S batteries because it it's clearly obvious to anyone that knows about electronics. If if you're running at one S, you're going to need double the amps. But all the one S plugs are just for. Shit. So if if you run two S, you've automatically got a better plug that's not going to kill your voltage, and that you need what, like half as many annoying. amps. Like. This is this can run 2S. They only give you like 300 milliamp hour batteries. So I made up a little 
X, uh, X, what is it called? I forgot the word. JST XT30 to XT30. Connection. So I had some like 500 milliamp hour battery. I thought that does be good. And of course, the props just launched by themselves and I couldn't fly it. So <laughs> that spoiled my day. Heel. I've been following, um, what's it, is it Angry Don or someone who's been trying to get lighter and lighter whoops to make up for the fact that the batteries absolutely suck? And it sounds like he's favouring ever smaller motors, like really clawing off every gram of fat from those quads, getting them down to 11 grams or something, and oh. using 0702 motors. And I'm half oh, yeah. tempted to buy a set of 0702s and just see if I can go super light. I did see that, but better. it kind of looks like if you crashed it, you would have to have a complete <laughs> rebuild. Because <laughs> everything is just like bare bits of... Like you know, that I think yeah. the camera's just held on by the solder, isn't it? Basically, or something. And everything. No willpower. Purely willpower. <laughs> yeah. Just rest the camera there and tell it good. to stay. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> and the screws are all plastic, and God knows what. Forget alley screws. That's not. That's not weight saving enough. You've got to get these ludicrously expensive plastic screws that you can only order in bags of one thousand from somewhere in China, and then you've got to split them with twenty of your closest friends to make it affordable. Yeah, it's it's a mission, but it's yeah. the only way to get something like that down to the point where it's comparable to just a regular brushless quad. I don't know about Otherwise you guys, but like I I took this guy to fly outside because flying my house these days is is absolute pants. I've got so much noise on five point eight now from like all my Wi Fi stuff and all the surrounding neighbourhood that everything people like. Whenever they see any DVR from inside my house, they're like, "This is crap. Well, what's wrong with the camera? It's like nothing." It's all this Wi-Fi. So I have to mm. go outside mm. just to get clear of it. So I don't, yeah. I've got I a structural wall through the house. So if I go down the stairs, I'm fine <laughs> if I fly one side of the house. But if I turn and fly through a door, I just lose video. Yeah. Bugger all I can do. A 200 milliwatt, and I'm like three meters away through a wall. I'm screwed. <laughs> wow. I mean, I have seen um, sort of the, the level of whoop racing has changed a lot over the past couple of years. Seems like everyone's got in a lot of practice because it's gone mm -hmm. from sort of the level where I would feel comfortable getting involved in a race, whereas it's just kind of you're just sort of cruising between gates, finding the next right. one, going around, lots lots of horizon mode, and just sort of generally trying, you know, a, a, a bit of a pace, but a brisk walking speed. And then now yeah. it's just like. It's it's gone like the five inch. It's just like blurs, like just sixth sense. Yeah. Knowing people are like pre-turning two you meters could before they turn arrive the at the gate. Off and they do just yeah. as well. It's it's kind of. I, I did a meetup at a bar in um, just at the side of Hyde Park and hang up. But people were just having a few beers and you know crashing in the middle of cat tunnels and stuff. So I bought mm -hmm. some of those tunnels that you give to cats to play with and strung them up as whoop tunnels mm -hmm. and. No one was taking it seriously. There were a couple of people who had emu flight and were sort of making a pretense at racing. But now I look online and it's, it's just insane. Like yeah. people are taking gates and doing like you do on a five inch where you kind of go through and then vertically loop and go through mm -hmm. the next gate. It's yeah. Just, yeah. It's insane. Magical pencil is posted in the chat. Uh, Gary Kent has been ripping whoops hard. And that, that was who I had in my head as well. Like for, for a crazy level of whoop videos and, and Gary Kent's obviously, yeah. you know, basically been the i mean maybe not the fastest but the most i mean he's, he's been very very fast at five inch racing and very very 
repeatable, very consistent. Like he can just fly the course at full speed. He knows what his full speed is and he can just do it repeatedly every single time. And he's obviously been doing a lot of practice as well with his whoops and he's getting just that, that same level. It's like, oh, well, this is, that's definitely, that's, that's out of my realm. <laughs> Would you compare it to motor racing? Like, if you think back to the kind of 20s and 30s, it was just like mm-hmm. a bunch of guys with, with uh, ridiculous hats and cars that sort of worked, driving as yep. fast as they could. And, you know, that's, generally... that's much more my level. Yeah. And, and I mean, you look now, and it's working, like Lewis Hamilton and people who are just yep. Terminator machines just doing laps within 0.1 seconds, 50 times over. Exactly. So perhaps exactly in order it. to get people back to casual, we have to insist that they are drunk before they start racing. <laughs> or, do you think or at the very least, better? they've got a bottle of champagne in the car. I think I think of the early, a lot of the early motorsports were like that. Or we introduce some sort of handicap system Logical where if they look too good, someone console. stands over them and occasionally punches them in the hands. Well, I think we just we just turn <laughs> the cameras off and they just have to fly by intuition. I think that yes, might yeah. almost level the playing field. Um, Anyone caught flying too seriously gets wedged <laughs> while flying. <laughs> <laughs> well, on, on the topic of uh, whoop flying, though, uh, there's the I don't know if you've seen about the the post about the race castle um, that uh, Drone Junkie and Hearts FPV have been putting together quietly in the background, and it sounds like they're going to start opening this up. It's race a, castle. Tell us more. Hmm. So it sounds like what, something that needs photographic evidence, Frank. Do you have any to hand? Uh, not to hand, unfortunately. But That's from it. what I can tell, it's a kind of very heavily uh, furnished gazebo, uh, marquee rather, um, at a place called Westmill Farm, which is uh, in Ware in Hertfordshire. Um, so about 15, mile, 15 minutes north of the Junction 25, the M25, there you go. Um, and um, it's on a site where it looks like they've got a load of uh, radio-controlled cars and, and things like that as well, and this seems like a new thing that they're sort of adding on to the side of it, which is a big marquee full of whoop stuff. Um, so it looks like they're sort of quietly opening that up and be, being sort of quietly running a couple of events and starting to kind of get word out. Um, and there's now like a, as of the weekend, a Facebook group and a Facebook page and things going around. So I imagine that will probably get a bit louder as they get into the stride of things with that. But, you know, as nice. we're getting into winter, there'll be some more whooping, I'm sure. On the subject, someone's posted something that's pretty awesome. Richard Warwick from the chat has let us know that there are 1S batteries with XT30s, and the crucial part is you can buy them from the UK. Previously, mm-hmm. these were only available on FPV cycle in the US with ludicrous shipping, like $17 or $18 shipping, and then you probably get stung for tax going through customs as well. But now you can get these. Uh, they've only got the 660 milliamp hour in stock. Um, it looks like people already grabbed the actual one that's in the link there. There's a there's a 530 and a 660, both with XT30s on. So it might make your whoops suck a little less if you're on 1S. But I still say just go 2S. Just, 
I think go Cut to yourself it. I mean, some slack. It's easier. Beta FPV thought they they were bringing out this new thing with their. Uh, I think they called it the BT connector, which looks like a, a miniature yep. XT30, but BT2. Yeah, the BT2. There was but never a BT1, the, interestingly enough. No, but never called anything 1.0 because it won't work. <laughs> People won't trust it, but yeah, the, the batteries just suck. One S is like trying to keep one S's in good condition is awful because they're so small and you can't fly them. If you dawdle about, yeah, they'll probably last, but you can't fly them hard. And not everyone them flies them down to like dip 2. down 8, into 2.9 to nothing, and then the they just won't recover. Yeah, yeah, it's a pain. Yeah, they're not great. I've got a little cable. I- used to have where um i've got a one to three s charger and so it's got like a one s balance port which okay it's not a balance port it's a ph2 port but you could just plug in all your one s batteries and then you'd have to like jumper the the one s port over to the xt30 to link it up and then it, the charger would be like hey yeah i've got a one s with a balance connection so they're all just connected together and that would charge mm-hmm. and you could do a storage charge on them but it was just a phenomenal pain in the butt. And even then, they didn't last particularly well. Oh, yeah. I've, I've got a board that will storage charge 1S batteries, but it's they still, like, a couple of... You have to go out of your the, way, the though. You have to, like, get your charger and connect in your special 1S board and then remember to oh, take yeah. it out before you plug in more batteries or sparks and shoe. And I did, because I, I, I was, uh, you know, an old job, and I had a fairly big building with not a lot in it, so I was whooping around that quite a bit. And so I did buy myself a little wall charger that was six dedicated uh, channels of 1S charging. And that, that definitely made sessions of whooping much more bearable. Um, I just... bet it didn't do storage charging, did it? Uh, can't remember. I've Googled like hell. I'm pretty sure they don't. The only way you can storage charge is to jack it into a regular charger and fanny around and like connect up the balance port to the actual charge port. Uh, this will do it. This is something from a guy called a flying sandal, which will basically use a yeah, balance lead and lots of 1S connections, which yeah, tends to be a 4S battery. But um, Vifly, I just saw her bringing out some um, multiple battery 1S. I think they haven't got a name for it yet, but they're calling it like a care thing where you can storage charge and multiple charge and discharge batteries on it. Yeah, I've got one of those octopus cables that like breaks out a 6S into 6-1S, and, and you can do that. Although, annoyingly, you've got to do them six at a time. There's, there, there was one Whoop Fusion or something who, who did a board which was jumper-selectable from 1 to 6S, so you could plug it in and then choose how many batteries you wanted to charge with a little jumper. But it was one of those only available in the US and shipping costs as much as the product type of deals. Still waiting for the uh, wireless power. Uh, wireless power seems like a would be more feasible for a Whoop than anything else. I mean, sort of controllable <laughs> space vaguely. Why not just have wired power? We just yeah. we just attach a little power <laughs> cable to them. Just don't Look. fly them through any gates, and we're good. <laughs> I'm sure you can do that. You just disassemble a microwave, and you get out. <laughs> Nothing can go wrong. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. <laughs> maybe, maybe sort of somewhere in between the two, have like a little skeleton track. Track. It's just like a like a trolley bus oh, yeah. in reverse, <laughs> just sort of flying around with a wipe. The goal is to stay on the track because the instant you go more than six inches away from the racing line, you lose power. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How many laps can you do? 
Yeah. These are all good ideas. Let's make it happen. <laughs> Speaking of scale electrics and cars, I got I got keen. I got, I got keen and I tried to tried to run my car and it wasn't going fast enough, so I kept putting higher voltage batteries in. That sounds like it, it I, went perfectly and nothing bad happened. I learned something this week. <laughs> I, I learned that the Racer Star motor I got works just fine on 5S, even though it says 2S. None of the rest of the gears do, though. Not, none of it. It's all... I think I, it's cooked <laughs> from the inside out now by <laughs> <Fire> friction. <laughs> I mean, they've, they, they decided to have a particular powertrain and built the gearbox to, to suit that powertrain. <laughs> Is that what you've discovered? No, I, you see, I, I thought the I thought the stock motor was was lame, and because I don't understand cars, I was just like, "Oh, come on! It's 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 got a metal drivetrain. It'll be fine," without realizing exactly the type of metal that can be used in RC car drivetrains, <laughs> which appears to be actually worse than your typical Saturday night takeaway container. Um, and, and yeah, it's it's all just gone to crap. It's all just seized up like so much melted plasticine. It's not great. So new diffs and everything are in the post and diff upgrade gear sets and gearbox upgrade gear sets. And I'm this. going to tear it down, put a bunch of metal in it, and then strip it You'll all over again. You'll find something else that can't cope with that. Like this, this, yeah. That is the entire story of radio-controlled cars, as far as I can tell. Whatever you upgrade, it'll just expose something else is the weak point. too many moving parts. To go <laughs> the trouble is, also, if you fly quads, like... Everything else is really slow. You fly like, uh, all right, yeah, I'll get this RC car. It's big. It's got chunky batteries. It's going to fly over that field. Except it doesn't really, does it? And, I, and my little three-inch quad's able to, like, zoom straight past it. And so I'm like, oh, well, I'll just put, put bigger batteries in it, bigger, boat, bigger motors. But it's never going to be as fast as a quad. And I think I just need to be realistic about it and treat it as a different thing. I've got a bit carried yeah, away. Put wings on it. Have a, have a hybrid <laughs> car that flies. <laughs> um yeah actually i was i was interested to see that um and i'm, I'm just ripping stuff from bardwell at this point but i was interested a, a couple of weeks ago because i thought i'd like to get involved in wings i saw all your wing stuff but i've never really been a wing pilot and i don't i find servos frustrate me so that they <laughs> i don't feel <laughs> like i trust them one job. i don't feel <laughs> just move a little they have not got my best interests at heart i think <laughs> i think they're fighting me uh, um, and so I was thinking, wouldn't it just be easier if you used differential thrust and just got rid of all these control surfaces? Because what are they even there for? I mean, mm -hmm. just put a quad on the front and put a wing behind. In fact, just get a wing and then tape a quad straight on the front of a wing mm -hmm. at right angles. And, you know, you can you can pivot how you want. You can turn I think, and pivot. I think you can stop and turn. Some fairly so you're good about attempts that. at this. That little wing he featured where that yeah it uses uh, whoop style stuff, but it's got some some motors at bizarre angles. There, there was that, but I was thinking maybe elevator. just a lot more power and a big a bigger wing, like or maybe a kind of fifty centimeter wing and like quid some on like two servos, oh eight motors. <laughs> I no, I don't trust them. I don't. I don't. They they hum and they they're whispering things about me. I don't like them. Uh, what I do trust are brushless motors, and I think they're going to be just fine. We just put a flight controller on it. We put four brushless motors on the front, 
and just tweak the mixer a bit and then you'll be able to like stop your wing and then turn around a tree without getting it stuck in the tree. <laughs> what you want. So what you've basically come up with a way of doing is getting a wing that is not very complicated because it only has one motor mm-hmm. and putting three extra motors on it, mm-hmm. which doesn't yep. sound like the most efficient thing. It's I not complicated if you build quads all the time, though, is it, Curry? It's, it's the most natural thing in the world. Servos, servos, they're unnatural. There's about a million of them. They're all different bloody sizes. There's no standard mounting pattern. And they buzz, <laughs> chatter, act funny. I mean, I'm, I'm not bothered by servos. It's the connection between the servos and, and the control surfaces. And that's what gets me. Like, oh, yeah, they can come out all the time. Like, yeah. oh, this, this isn't steering very well. Oh, control surface fell out. Compare <laughs> that to four motors on a sheet of carbon stuck on with maybe some tape or a 3D print onto the front of a wing. I mean, you've got less moving parts. You've got more reliability. No mm. servo horn's going to shake itself loose. I mean, it, the shaking itself loose doesn't even bother me. What bothers me is that like, you just have it like in the boot of the car or you just got it strapped to your backpack or something and it just snags on one little thing and that's, that's just totaled it. And you've just spent an hour driving to a field big enough to fly a wing and it's all... And the trimming as well. Like You've got to line everything up and have it trimmed. Yeah. That was the bit that Nip really kicked my butt when I tried to, to get a little wing up that I'd get everything so it was fine and then I'd have to take the wings off to transport it and then all my calibration was just for crap by the time I got to the field. Um, <laughs> I, th- I thought with a quad and a flight controller, all well, that's out the window. And uh, Well, it, why it, don't you do what, benefit what Frank from a, has done? A nice glide ratio. Hmm? Frank I has do got his special Your VTOL. VTOL. Yeah. Show us I your VTOL. That's only got two VTOL. motors and it can do everything because he's got servos got moving his motors around. Dirty servos. <laughs> I don't know actually where I... I guess it's probably in there somewhere. I can't see it. Hold on. All right. Let's crawl into Narnia. Uh, right. Frank has gone spelunking. It, I can't see it. I think the, the one problem about having all motors on a wing is when inevitably you have a problem and the motors stop, then it's quite hard to glide it down because you've got no control surfaces anymore. What do you mean, when the motors stop? Why would the motors stop? <laughs> because they always go wrong at some point. I, I can't remember flying something where I haven't had the dead stick land it at some point. Like a quadcopter, you mean? <laughs> well, quadcopters... I mean, if we are dead stick landing those, we down. not many quads left, would we? So if I get a quad and literally attach it to the front of a wing... It is going to be entertaining... Like, got to keep the wiring more condensed, I think. Lots of people, I see the, the wiring for wings and they're like, put the ESC over here and then they'll run the motor wire up to Narnia and back and through a double helix and round the VTX and out to the motor. And, and if it's all just kind of condensed together so it doesn't get tangled and messy and, and then just sort of, you know, just get an X-frame well, and plonk it on the front of a wing. I think we should have a wing race. You make one by strapping a quad to the front. <laughs> I'll use a regular wing. We'll test it for speed and um, how long each batch Agility. Goes. Agility, yep. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. And ease of takeoffs as well. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see how easy... We'll Not, see how is, easy is it is everybody to, Tony? Uh, Can nobody to do a, a wing? standing takeoff. <laughs> Can you do a standing takeoff with a wing? I'll be able to just, yeah. like, just you gun it. On the floor off. and then... Stand it straight up. Off it goes. Okay. Why, why do people not do that with wings more often? 
they always find some mug to hold it and then slam it into the ground for them. Well, it kind of depends on your thrust ratio, of course. And a lot of these really fast wheels generally have quite small props, which take a little while to sort of like get that get that thrust going. But I'm I'm a it's a lot of quad people don't like the look of wings because it all looks a bit shaky in the air, which is a bit of a shame because you have to sort of think about really you're sort of surfing through the air currents, which mm. is a bit shaky instead of just ignoring them. Pretty much you can <laughs> the, the the aerodynamic brick that a quad is can just cut through air, but a wing sort of dances and skips along it which is all a bit different but yeah you know, so people I thought, just look oh, at I the footage cut, and say i don't like that cut out all the dancing and skipping if i just put a <laughs> lot of motors on it and make it a lot heavier so you, you and take just, the wings off yeah <laughs> well the wing will be there it'll be alone for the ride and if i feel like it you know just kind of punch it up into the sky and do a little bit of gliding i'm yeah i'm enter- i'm gonna, i'm looking forward to seeing you attempt to glide it uh, I'm also interested to see where you end up putting your CG. I guarantee it will glide better than a quad. Mm. That's my ba- that's my, that's the baseline. Right? Okay. How well do my quads glide? Can I improve on that <laughs> by adding a wing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's also where are you going to put your CG? Because if you've just got all all your motors at the front of this wing. <laughs> I'll put the battery at the back. Obviously, the battery's got to go somewhere, hasn't it? So the battery mm. will go where your fuselage would be on a regular plane or out the arse of it on a, on a does wing. That mean it, I mean, does that mean it will actually glide? Like, I mean, if you get the CG there, and then if you, like, you know, if you manage to eject a battery or something... Um, you'd, you'd want a very it. narrow arm frame. I think that's the thing I've got to look for. I've got to find a frame that's got dead spindly arms, quite strong. So it's neat that the arms need to be of a, a thick sheet, but they need to be quite quite narrow and mm-hmm. profile. You need more of the kind of uh, fossil stuff with his his vertical. Uh, yeah, that that type of deal would be perfect. Yeah, yeah, mm. it'd be entertaining. And then obviously, if, if the battery's out the back, I guess the wing would need to be able to bear some kind of force along that axis, which it wouldn't normally do. Wings would normally kind of go wingtip to wingtip; they'd have their strength. But if you were to stick a quad on the front and have the battery on the back, you're going to need a bit more strength along the fuselage axis than you normally Are you going to do, would you do a X or would you do plus? Uh, that's interesting, isn't it? I think, um, for, um, I don't, I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. The mixer would be, would be a doddle for a plus, wouldn't it? Mm. That'd be very straight. You realise you're committed to building this now. <laughs> We're sounding like that. <laughs> what, what I'm going to need from the wing experts is a cheap, because I will smash it to pieces, uh, a smaller wing, um, thinking something 45 to 50 centimetres, uh, mm-hmm. answers on the back of a postcard. None of Please. the wing experts are talking to you because you slagged off all servos. And <laughs> yeah, they just they stink. Don't like them. But, but you were just saying the other week that you never buy good servos, you just buy the 99p store ones. I, in my original Falcon wing, I got servos which were the cheapest as chips on Hobby King. I think they were like £1 something. And they have flown for like 50, 60 hours somehow. I've got, since that time, I was like, oh, these are crap servos. I'll get better ones for the next planes. But those are still in that plane. Uh, and that that plane has done so much. But I have I have literally like made planes before out of cardboard 
let's try this. It had one little tiny crash and like literally stripped the servos bare, so there's literally no teeth at all. The only the only servos I've bought so far have been heli servos, so that's kind of where I've started. And they just buzz a lot, but I wanted three thirty hertz servos, so. I suppose if anyone's going to be keen about servers, it's the heli people who have uh, much more rigorous quality standards, I think. Yeah. When when it, when one of their servers goes wrong, that's, that's a very expensive little twitch, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this episode was recorded in front of a live online audience, downloaded and edited to make sense when it's played audio only, censored to please the iTunes people, hosted on the internet, forwarded through to your podcast provider, downloaded, playing on your device, and is now playing in your ears, all thanks to our Patreons. Consider joining them and you'll also get other online benefits. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash let's drone out. That's just an interesting experiment because I saw that the ones that have been on show so far looked a lot just like a quad with some very, very minute fins on it. And I thought, why not just take a regular big foam wing and see how it goes? So I'll give it a shot. Big fins and a minute quad. <laughs> there's, there's the tiny wing as well. That's a, that's a thing. Yeah. I have one that in look, the box somewhere. That looked curious. Have you built it yet? No. Okay. <laughs> that was the one with I, the whoop, right? It's, it's one of my collection of wings that I've bought, or I have, but I have not built. <laughs> you see Andy's paper aeroplane one? That was kind of, yeah. kind of cute. That was pretty cool. They were asking quite a lot for it, though. <clears throat> it looked neat, mm. but I think it was 50 or 60 quid. That's a bit much. Mm. Oh, there's there's been proper um, product release this week, hasn't there, that we forgot to mention? This is the... Um, DJI Action Cam 2. Yeah. Which looks absolutely. a little bit like a thin session. And yeah. uh, my my research involved having to watch the Rotorite episode. So obviously after I'd taken a shower afterwards because I felt dirty <laughs> watching it. <laughs> I got some I got some reasonably good information from it, which is the fact that I did see just a couple of times I saw a little bit of jello on their footage. The mm. the proper wobbly stuff which I thought they were managing to mostly avoid so it it's almost like it doesn't have the like if you look at a gopro and you wiggle it around it's still very smooth but on their default setting it was a bit wiggly and then they've got two different stabilization modes one is called rock steady which looks pretty nice and the other one's called horizon steady which i think literally steadies the horizon but it's like it goes from here and crops down to here to do that um but it was nice and small and it had some weird quirks, like the fact like it's onboard memory and onboard battery, and you can't directly get oh, to any yeah. of it. You have to fit it on this little screen thing, which then you get like ports and chargeable things. So the battery only goes for like thirty minutes, mm-hmm. um, unless you keep recharging it. And it's yeah, like you said, it's it doesn't you can't put like a micro SD in it or anything. It's just purely the internal memory, which is weird. That yeah. seems very strange. It was weird. And we were all a little bit concerned about the fact that, um, Stephen, you mentioned like it had all aluminium around the lens. So if you <clears> just cracked a little yeah. bit of it, then right. the lens is probably going to go. And of well, course, not the if lens you, is. If you dent the casing, but don't even break the casing, then of course, it's just going to compress that. It's going to distort it in some way, isn't it? Blowing a screen out, yeah. But I, th- it I think like the, a nice uh, the idea. footage from it looked quite good. It's mm. just like uh, there's just a couple of things that seem like, well, they could have done that a little bit better. It's a, it's a little bit odd. 
And like, if you attach the little screen to it, it's a forward-facing screen, uh, so you can film yourself. I like, what well, if you want to film something else, but look at it. I don't think you can flip it up the other way, which seemed odd mm. for a sort of general action camera. And you, but, you know, but yeah, the, I, I was having a look at the size and weight, just because it, it looks like a very session five type form factor. And yeah, it's it's only it's a mil wider and a mil taller than the session five, and then it's it did, what it did do you as deep as the have against five, copying skinny. the same size as established products. It's like manufacturers feel they're breaking the law if they use the same size as a popular product. Hmm. That's because yeah, I think I think Runcam fell foul of that, literally because it was the same size as a session. Hmm. They had to withdraw one of their. I cameras. can imagine. GoPro and DJI are probably not on the best of terms. Anyways. US patent law is bloody stupid. <laughs> For my day job, I have to read a lot of patents and I'm familiar with the process, and it is bloody stupid. It is a oh, stupid system. Hmm. Yeah, then it's so it's it's twice the weight of the Insta 360 Go 2, but then the session five is like three times the weight of. 360 go to so it's you know it's still well in quad type weight especially mm. when you consider like the latest gopros or anything like that so um, what is it in grams than a gopro now so it's the action 2 is 56 grams oh that's uh, perfectly good yeah yeah so insta 360 go to 27 grams session 5 74 grams yeah it's it's, that's, yeah. it's well in the in the right zone there i'm using yeah. a small 4k but every time i fly with that i worry about smashing it there's not a lot to it mm-hmm. and it's it's two-thirds the depth <clears throat> of a session five and it's basically the same height and width so yeah it's it's definitely quad friendly size I had to post this one from shady because uh I, I do feel this like it's it's nice to record your flights but unless people are obsessed with fpv you you're not going to get your nan to watch it, are you? If you're doing <laughs> inverted your spins over something, yeah, oh, that's well, nice. So Shady's Shady's sick. comment was, "Why is everyone obsessed with filming their flights? Nobody ever watches the footage unless you force them to." Can't um, force my family to. <laughs> I have to Absolutely say, I've got a bit, I've got it. a bit ground down with the flippy floppies. They do take. I appreciate the skill that like you've got to practice mm. for hours. You've got to wreck tens of motors and untold numbers of frames to get mm-hmm. them down. But the trouble is, like, once you've got really good at it, it's just, like, really tiring to watch because someone will just do nothing but aggressive stick moves for three minutes and it's just, like, slam, 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 slam. Mm. It's, it's exhausting. Um, Since we're getting over pet thieves, I'm a bit annoyed now with the amount of, like, the Cine Whoop setup stuff. Like, it's a bit like people walking along... Do you remember those chase scenes where people used to be walking some glass along and it's going to hit them? Now it's like, oh, I'm just going to hold my arm up so the quad can fly through it, or I'm holding, a, I'm just washing out this t-shirt so a quad can fly I through it. I just stand like this normally. That's what <laughs> I do most days. Yes. I'm just seeing if I can make an O shape with my hands, like, and it goes on and on. It's just like, oh, let's do a lap and a, like the bowling alley footage one was the, yeah. the thing that went big. Mm-hmm. I thought he did about two it's laps too many. Shark a bit. To be honest, I, I I feel it could be shorter and tighter. And there was some scenes in these things. It's like you could walk along with a camera. When stuff's done good for a, mm. a sort of a, a general you know advertisement, it's not just all drone footage. It's a mix of stuff. 
that you right. the, the the trick is if you mix drone stuff in with the regular stuff you don't really notice it doesn't stand out and i think that's where it works better mm. uh, quite like, like you said things. the bowling alley one and i think there was uh nurk who did a video of um of a of an arcade and mm. they were really nice but i think there's a lot of pilots who are not quite as good as those people and they've seen the video and they're trying to copy it and it's just like saturated it's kind of like what cinema was like for a couple of years after the Matrix was released, when it was just constant rip-offs. Mm. It's a bit like that now with FPV I, footage, where everyone's trying I to get am on it. Very impressed with the, the, the I, I call them the actors in these these things because I think we've they all been flinch. around city whoops. <laughs> And it, geez, it sounds like a truck's driving at you. The fact that and they'll be playing some there. ambient soundtrack that's like whale song or something, uh, but you know it's going to be like <laughs> it's horrendous. A hundred meters away from the one I was flying the other day, I was like, "Geez, this is loud," and it was in the next field. <laughs> like, that's not in an enclosed space either. Yeah, yeah, but oh, you know, good yeah. to the actors. Yeah. You know, it you can get some interesting shots of some interesting things, but yeah, if you're just kind of flying around a field, no one really needs to see. But that I think what we're reaping now is the the the, the backlash of the fact that all of those uh, cine quads were sold as beginner quads. Like, oh, it's mm. got ducts on. You can put a camera on mm. it. It's a beginner quad, and they never really were. It was more like it's got ducts on. It's going to break a lot more. It's still gonna get. It's still gonna hurt like hell because it's a heavy quad. It weighs as much as a five inch. Ducks or no ducks, like you fly this at someone, you're gonna cut them. Like it's gonna get caught in people's hair if you fly past if they have hair. But um, I think the, the the other thing is that like a, a cine whoop, like you say, if if people go out and buy a cine whoop, they're gonna film something with it and they're gonna post a video everywhere, and so you're gonna see loads of cine whoop stuff. Like people that just buy like. The model Spitfire down the field that's not FPV, just line of sight or whatever, they're not going to post any footage of that, so you're not going to see that on social media anywhere. Or, you know, generally a tiny whoop or anything like that isn't going to be visible as much. And that's actually, you know, a long-standing criticism of uh, from all the socks and sandals. It's like, we've been doing dodgy for decades and we've not had any problems with doing it because we don't post it anywhere. No one sees it. We just do it but away from everyone. We don't tell anyone about it, and that's why it hasn't been a problem. It's only you and, and is that the official BMFA line for the process? I, I think so, right. yes. Okay. yes. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do YouTube. Fireworks strapped to everything. Yeah, if, Everyone's if pissed. It's fine. Don't the, film the it. The BMFA videos, the, you know, just... Um, describing and the guides to like the asserts and stuff you can tell they've not watched a lot of youtube um they've they've seen instructional videos from the 80s there's a lot of uh it feels like a, a videotape that's been sort of you know put in a tv that's wheeled into the room you know on the park or flooring but that excellent guy of i the the video of i flew fpv in the 80s and he's got like a full-size tv set in the back of a transit van in somewhere in america mm. that was pretty yeah. epic that was proper stuff uh, speaking of fpv curry did you see the the distance record for open hd that appeared a week or two back Ooh. did you catch that one 
No, not I haven't seen the, the new. I, did someone do a? I saw a hundred k video. One hundred kilometers. They knocked over one hundred kilometers on OpenHD. That is very Lord interesting because to get that sort of thing, you're talking about parabolic antennas because you, you're sort of dealing yeah. with the slight the curvature of the Earth. Yeah, and mm. trying to what well, the, the horizon line is what like fourteen miles away, something like that. 14, 16 miles the horizon. So, yeah. Intense stuff. Yeah, I mean, it was were they doing it from like the top of a mountain to another mountain? Like, how are they how are they managing that? Well, I, there was a, they only posted the video of the quad and it kind of ticking over, and they posted mm. kind of forty and sixty kilometer videos a while before. Sorry, it was on a quad. Well, probably a wing, actually. Sorry, not quad. Yeah, slip of the tongue. That sounds like the Gatwick quad if it can fly for that long. <laughs> Mysterious we found alien it. craft. Yeah. For all we know, they could have just strapped the system to a Cessna and f***ed off, but I'm assuming that it was an RC aircraft <laughs> carrying this thing on board. I, I thought, I, I haven't watched it, I, I thought I saw a, a video title pop up in like social media somewhere saying it was a, a mini Talon or, or Talon or something like that, which would kind of make sense because you can stick an awful lot of battery in those and they're pretty efficient. Mm. Yeah, so, I mean, p- people have been kind of umming and erring, should we use Wi-Fi? And I think that kind of cements some of the credentials there. Like, this thing has got the guts to, to do the distance. It, I mean, you wouldn't expect it to be otherwise if you kind of work in IT because you know the amount of tinkering that's gone into Wi-Fi to make it robust. And it's not like it's not like there's a lot of change that's been left lying around or room for improvement. People have grabbed every little bit they can out of that system. But if we can get the latency down, it's potentially a contender. So in order to get that, do you happen to know um, what hertz rate are they flying? Because I'm figuring you lower the hertz, you're going to get a better distance because you don't... <laughs> are you suspecting it might just be on autopilot, just putting posting back a picture every couple of minutes? Well, what is the, the packet rate? If you're using OpenHD for the control link which I'm assuming they, they must have been doing because, well, they could have been using some 900 megahertz system, I suppose, but do you know what packet rate you get out of OpenHD? Oh, sorry, was, I thought you said it was, um, was it OpenHD that yeah. did this? Yeah, OpenHD 100K. I missed it, yeah. I thought it was ExpressRS. Oh, right. Yeah, that's the, the the impressive thing, wasn't the fact like uh, you know you probably realise yeah if you can get the video link to go that far you could you could push it with, with a system that like that just put nice, a ten more amplifier on it and call it good on the ground but this yeah. was you know pushing the signal from the aircraft a video signal in digital back to the ground at a hundred k yeah I mean it's uh, people have been messing around on that project some are doing antenna trackers some are doing different diversity things and obviously different types of antennas and stuff but that is interesting isn't it browsers because mm. i've seen mm. a lot of flights between sort of 20 and 30k looking quite good having the odd bit of breakup along the way but that is just it's interesting as well isn't it because it's like when you get to sort of 50k after like you know half an hour or so long it's like how are you doing about halfway there it's like, I'll be there in a second. How much battery you use? Like 5,000 milliamps. I'll be, I'll be, I'm fine. I'm good, I think. It's just uh, incredible stuff. I don't I, think he made it a public video, unfortunately. I think I did uh, I think I did pop it on our Discord a while back. But I'm I'll not sure check the Telegram group, see if it's in there. I have been messing around 
with OpenHD. Shall I show you the latest hideous franking quad we've got now? Do it. Can you tell where the OpenHD bit might be? <laughs> uh, I, th- I think it's neatly uh, underneath one of the carbon arms. I think that's where it is. Can't yeah. tell, can you? I don't think you it's the giant green box strapped to the side <laughs> at all. <laughs> is I... that a full-size pie on there, then? No, that's a Pi Zero. That's that's wow. that's a small pie. Here's the thing. Um, and I, big, big shout out to a guy called Mario FPV who's been putting together some really good uh, content on OpenHD on quads. And he built a, a three inch quad with a Pi Zero and took it to like six k um, on iNav, which is pretty impressive if you think about how it all fits in. But what what he did is he he chose the right components. And because this stupid Pi Zero is actually quite long and reasonably wide, and the the base of this is actually quite short, I couldn't. I, I tried to stick it at the front, and the props would hit it, and I couldn't stick it on top because I have to put something else on top. And it's like, oh Jesus Christ! I had to end up fixing my printer just to print a bit to try and put it on the side. But he managed to fit the Pi underneath the top of his uh, frame his Wi-Fi adapter on, on the top. And because he, he picked, I think he picked a Roma frame, and I think that's built for DJI. So you know the DJI things typically have like two stacks, one for the like flight control and one for the air unit. That allowed him to get all his bits in there on a three-inch quad, and he did a really good job. And I was like, I'm scrapping the big quad, let's try on a smaller quad. But yeah, it's it's a massive pain in the ass. Wowzers, look at I that. Just- just dug out the video. He's, he's not got the greatest of signals, as you can see, but there he is breaking the, the 100 kilometer mark. The fact he's got a mark. signal at all <laughs> is pretty amazing. He's up high. He's up high. He's got some height there. He might be up to so 400 got, feet, yeah. Yeah, I estimate that's almost exactly 399 feet. Yeah. Well, I was, I was just having a look, and uh, you've got to be 780 meters High to have the horizon a hundred kilometers away. Yeah. So, so yeah. Joking aside, it looks like he's got eleven hundred and fifty meters there. So that's so he's, he's technically got probably got line of sight in that, in that case. Um, it's fine, not a problem. He hasn't gone over the horizon. It's all good. <laughs> do, the spot is there with which, telescope. <laughs> is this is this the US? Do we do we think or some other place? I, I take know, it he's man. not got the the lat long on there. He's decided not to publish that. Um, yeah, it's it, it's two percent something, and we were trying to figure out what the two percent was. I, I suggested it was <laughs> remaining nerve, and when that reaches zero percent, you just vomit on your shoes or your radio. That, that might be the LQ. I've seen I've seen the LQ listed before as a single percentage figure, and yeah. the ones he's got up the top there, those DBM things, are the are the signal. He's still to the, getting the Wi-Fi six adapters. megabit of video though. That's mm. mental. Six megabit. Uh, yeah. Okay, he must have a hell to, of an to antenna. To be fair, that, that that's all the um, that's all Open HD does. It's like between like five and seven megabits. You can't like actually yeah. say do fifty megabits. But it would be less. I, I thought it would be consistently yeah, lower yeah, than six megabits. Point one. The boys, the boys are crazy fool. But mm. kudos to him. Impressive, most impressive. That's very, very cool. Everybody else give up. Yeah. Give up, go home. He's done it. That's it. It's all about getting the latency down now. I saw some stuff earlier about 
using h from now on it's a thousand k or gcfo that's it we're not interested <laughs> done 100 <laughs> we're only yeah, doing base 10 <laughs> yeah yeah gotta roll another digit to impress anyone now aside from the guys trying to develop a standalone board for it there's talk mm-hmm. of using h265 i don't know if that improves the mm-hmm. encoding rate and i noticed the pi zero two with a quad core processor has just come out mm-hmm. um Perhaps that helps because it's like H.265 is not available on the regular zero. I think it's a bit heavy. It's like the oh, yeah. the CM the the Pi Compute module I've got in the the wing I'm building can handle. So it's open H.265 then. It's H.264 at the moment, but two six five. They're talking about using H.265. Mm. That gives you the same the image quality. If my video ripping knowledge is anything to go by, at about seventy percent of the uh, data rate. Just through more complex encoding, effectively yes, representing so. So hence sprites and more complex more of a details processor for it. The encoded but data that might improve latency. Hmm. So yeah, it does funny things. Instead of just doing block encoding with H two six five, it can track like this is an object, and then just like this is an object that's moved over here. And instead of re-encoding a bunch of pixels, it actually kind of says, "Yeah, there's the object," and it quantizes movement, moves it over there, and transforms it. And it oh, kind of cool. does that on the fly, I think. Sharpbyte, take note. Did you get a Sharpbyte yeah. system, Stephen? I did get a Sharpbyte system, and I got to uh, my my own cameras in the post, but I got to fly another guy's quad with Sharpbyte on it a couple of weeks ago, and I got to experience the huge variety of cameras because the basic camera is just not even an upgrade on analog. The basic camera looks a lot worse than my analog. I took an analog setup with a, okay, it's, it's, it's a Rattel. I think it's a Rattel on the one that I took with me. Um, and it was just much more color accurate, uh, much clearer. That the basic, I think it was a, it was a basic Runcan Nano or something that came with Sharkbite. It's very purpley and green and it just looks wrong. But the HD Zero cam, because he had one of these betas, that looked really, really great. It, very color accurate, wonderful quality image, properly in focus. I, what really gets me is they were trying to publicize a new video system, and they went out the gate with a camera that had a terrible quality image and a plastic lens. And it was just showing the system at its worst. Um, this HD Zero camera, is, it, it looks like a completely different video system. It's still not high res, though. Like... I'm used to flying DJI a bunch, and I've got, I think, uh, four or five quads on DJI here. So I've got every DJI camera now, I think. Yeah, including it's got the Polar, the Runcam MIPI, the Runcam HD that just came out, which is less grainy than the MIPI. It's got a nicer lens on it, I think. And the original DJI camera, I've got a couple of those, and the Nebula Pro, and the Nebula Nano, which is pants. Um, and I would rate the basic Sharpbyte camera as actually a downgrade from the Nebula Nano. It is it is pretty atrocious. But when you get to the HD Zero camera, it's it's competitive. It, it's it's not as sharp as the DJI cameras. But with all these systems, it's hard to tell whether that sharpness is really showing you measurable resolution or whether they've tweaked it with a sharpening filter. Um, it's definitely a softer image than DJI. It wasn't like I had an eye test card up to, to compare it, but I was flying around a load of rugby goals. And I did notice, you know, when you go like a little bit of an angle with a, a nice vertical line, you start to get that aliasing and you get the jaggies on the diagonal. 
and and it was obvious on DGI, which I wasn't getting on. Um, it was obvious on Sharkbyte, which I, which I wasn't getting on DGI. But it's a nice little system for micros, I think. If you're flying anything below a three inch, I don't see how you can get DGI on it. It's just it's a, too much of a struggle. So I wonder what Frank would make of it because he looked yeah. at DJI goggles and said, <laughs> "Looks like good analog." To yeah, me. We did, I mentioned this after the show last week. We didn't yeah. mention it on stream, but yeah, I had a had a go. I've I've looked through DJI goggles before and be, always been like, "Oh wow, this is amazing!" But I had uh, a go actually flying it, and as soon as you're more than you know, as soon as you're taken off, uh, it's, there's everything's far enough away that it didn't feel like HD. It just felt like a good analog signal it didn't it wasn't like oh my god i can you've got see a very good analog image it, it can look great but yeah i mean it just looked like a normal analog image that wasn't breaking up that was that was my impression of it it didn't mm. but it's just sort of lost the the glossy feel that you get when you're just kind of holding it and pointing at each other and going oh look it's it's so clear i can see the blades yeah. of grass yeah what, what really works for me is flying through woods and i've got analog systems up to sort of 400 milliwatt, 500 milliwatt. And um, if you fly in the woods, like lit, not just around a couple of trees, but like I'm flying in the woods where there's a footpath that runs through a couple of kilometers of trees. And I fly down those footpaths with DJI quads and they're okay. But if I try and do it on analog, I get a lot of breakup and I get a lot of breakup very quickly. Um, Whereas if I fly DJI, I get enough signal that I can still see where the branches are and I can dodge around like holly branches and things um, and, and, and avoid scraggle. Mm. And I've done it on analog, but with analog, it feels like I'm competitive racing the whole time and I can't kind of relax into it because I only know something's going to hit me when it's practically hitting me. <laughs> and then I have to like cut throttle or punch. And, mm. and really aggressively move with DJI. I, I get a bit more warning because the breakup isn't there. Um, but yeah, I, it, it is. It's an expensive system, and, and it's it's a treat. Like I, I, I held off buying this thing for about six months. I knew I wanted it, and I didn't buy it. And I went on a holiday when I wished I had it, and flew a bunch of analog quads, and kind of just got narked, and and then eventually took the plunge. Um, I won't say it's the best thing ever. I don't think they're a great company. I get pissed off that, and that Canvas mode isn't here and the, the software ecosystem is kind of awful and they've been really slow to actually innovate now the system's out there. Like it's been out for a couple of years and if you compare it to a lot of other systems that have been through relentless progression since their release, DJI's done practically nothing. Um, but it's... It's definitely better than Sharkbite, and, and for the type of flying I do, at least, it it really outstrips analog, because um, I, I just I can't do the type of flying I'm talking about with uh, with analog. You, you've gone too early. You just wanted to strap a computer on the side of your quad. That would do it. You can <laughs> you can SSH into it and run Linux commands. Yeah, that'd be fine. Yeah, I could just <laughs> H top run run my backups. You know, R sync R sync my. Uh, my holiday snaps onto it, keep it safe. One backup off-site, Curry, that's what you want. F 50 exactly. foot away across the road, hoffering, that's where your backup is. Okay, are you flying a quad there? I was like, no, I'm doing my off-site backups, thank you. 
That's my email server. Do you mind? Plausible deniability. Yeah. We've got to get it up high to get the signal. Email. It's the cloud or at least close yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is literally a cloud server. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just a matter of time, I'm sure. And that's 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 something I feel like we should do. Yeah, the new pirate radio, you know. We should, the Renaissance. We should just host we should host a video feed like via something just via a relay in a that, cloud, yeah. Flying around in a quad. <laughs> That's that's technically what they do, albeit with full size helicopters. In in events like the Tour de France, where you've got yeah. um cameras on bikes <laughs> going through mountains, they can't beam the signal back. They beam the footage up to a helicopter, the helicopter gets it back to the studio basically. So my, we could do that, but on a smaller scale. My, my yeah. company did uh, did some <laughs> sponsorship for Tour de France <laughs> and insisted on driving around a, a truck full of data center equipment. And um the the engineer who did this has since left, but he informed me that while it was a very expensive sponsorship deal, the data that they were collecting could have been handily processed by a Raspberry Pi in someone's backpack without the need for a full truck of data center equipment <laughs> driven around after the bikes. Sounds about <laughs> it's right. It's fun to drive it around. Yeah, yeah it looked great on the posters. About time to wrap it up. Um, unless anyone's got anything else they want to chuck in at the end. Any, anyone in the chat got anything they've spotted, anything they're planning to do? Anyone see any events lined up? Any ideas for things that we should do in future shows? I did notice that Caroline's gone over to the dark side and she's now bought a DJI system. So that's that's Ooh. another one has succumbed. It's not it's not bad. And and for all of those who fly it, I have um actually hacked in LQ and RSSI DBM into my own Betaflight build, if you would like to use that. Um, I think I've punted around the link regularly. I've currently got a build of Betaflight 4.3, which I run on most of my DJI systems. And in place of the craft name, it shows LQ and RSSI DBM. Uh, and also flashes up warnings as well, if you've got any warnings. Mm -hmm. So it kind of alters. You know, the warnings normally flash on, off, on, off. Well, it'll show your LQ. And when the warnings flash, it overwrites the LQ and then back to LQ and then warning. That, that seems to work okay. It's pretty cool. As a stopgap. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you to all our patrons and thank you to everyone listening and watching. Uh, you have been listening to Let's Drone Out. We have been Curry. Goodbye. Stephen. Goodbye. I've been Andrew Slash Frank. Join us next week when hopefully Jack will be up and about and back with us. Uh, see you next week and good night. Bye. Take care. Telemetry lost.